Welcome back, baseball fans. Rounding third, the baseball podcast, episode 63. Max, this is going to be a super fun one. We have a ton of clinches and kind of the playoff picture really shaping up to talk about. Have some big records. We're going to do our last power rankings of the year. Uh, This time, instead of five, we rank our top 10 teams. Uh, We're also going to do September awards. Round out with the staples. It's going to be a great show. Roll the intro. Today, I consider myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. All right, Max, super exciting episode. I feel like, I don't know about you, I'm getting a little more energy now as the postseasons, you know, I'm kind of coming off the high of the clinch in that valley and really gearing up for this postseason. Had some awesome baseball over this week to talk about. How are you feeling about the season right now? Super excited. Um, you know, it's we're recording this Thursday, September 29th. The postseason starts one week from tomorrow on Friday, October 7th with all the wild card games getting underway, all the wild card series, I should say, um, being that weekend. So four games each day, four series. It's going to be super exciting. Uh, in terms of baseball now, I mean, you know, I, I got my eye on like the NL East race because it's kind of like, you know, the big thing to play for right now. I think as of now, the Mets are one game up and they've got a series this weekend. Um, but, you know, the, the AL wild card shuffling a little bit. But so in terms of, the games, they're they're not as important for most teams right now, but one week away from the best time of the year. So I'm super excited. Yeah, it's gonna be great. And and you mentioned that AO wild card shakeup. You also have the the Phillies just providing us unlimited content, just stinking it up recently, uh now tied with the Brewers for that final wild card spot. Uh so they may let the brew crew actually in, into the show. Um we'll see. Yeah, and that's a big one because the, the whoever is that last spot plays the Cardinals in St. Louis for three games. Um, and, and honestly, I want it to be the Phillies over the Brewers for a lot of reasons. I mean, the Brewers are just stinking it up right now. They've lost five straight. Uh, I, I forget exactly what it is, like 10 of their last 13 or something like that. They only scored three runs in three games against the Cubs this past, you know, past three days or whatever. Um and I don't really want to play the Brewers in a series. Like, I don't know if I could stomach a playoff loss to the Brewers. And I don't want to face Corbin Burns, um, Brandon Woodruff. Like, those are guys who always pitch good against the Cardinals. Um, the teams know each other really well. I'd rather just face, you know, Zach Wheeler, Nola, maybe Syndergaard starts game three if necessary. The Phillies just seem like a, a easier competition than the Brewers. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah, that that one's going to be a little stressful. I agree with your take. I think the Brewers is just going to be a tougher matchup um, significantly than the Phillies. You kind of have any time you're playing a division rival in the playoffs like that. I, there's just a different energy that teams can come with, and I feel like it really does kind of even out the score. Whereas the Phillies, I mean, we're seeing it right now. They're they're downright terrible. Um, no need to pull punches. They What they're doing right now is a joke. If you're a Phillies fan, you almost have to be sick. They're about to end the longest drought in the NL. And then the last, I mean, 
literally last 10 games of the season, they're just fumbling the bag and walking their way right out of the playoffs. They really are. They really are. It's pretty sad to see. Um, I, you know, I don't know what, I don't know what I want to say. I think will happen because the Phillies just, you know, the Phillies should have had this locked up. The Cubs should be an easy series. Um, I, I'm, I don't know the rest of their schedule off the top of my head, but the Phillies just, they need to start picking it up if they want to make, uh, make their way into the playoffs and get at least a chance. And the Brewers are storming. I know they lost one to the Cardinals and beat the Cardinals yesterday, but you know, they've got those two aces, which can match up one-on-one with pretty much any two other aces in all of baseball. So that's just a scary thing to go against. And I, you know, I really don't want to watch the Brewers and Cardinals play, to be honest. Especially in that three game series, because both those guys can steal a game, you know, and, and that's it. They steal two games. It's over. I mean, that that's the postseason right there. One of the things I love about playoff baseball. I mean, it really is the great equalizer, especially these early series. I feel like by the time you get to the CS and the World Series and you have seven game series, you get a little bit more, you know, accurate kind of run time. Right. But when you're in those tight series, I mean, it's like when they do the one game wild cards. I mean, those used to just stress me out because, I mean, yeah, you you can have the best pitcher in the world. I mean, what DeGrom got shelled in Oakland two weeks ago. I mean, exactly. Anything can happen. So makes playoff baseball to me. it, It is the most entertaining environments very excited to get into that um we did have a bunch of teams kind of clinch as the playoffs came into the folds uh since we last recorded the yankees officially clinched the blue jays officially clinched yeah the blue jays Uh, clinched the playoffs today with an orioles loss um the orioles you know they've been hanging on a little bit they've been like three and a half four and a half games out um but at this point you know they're they're done i think the al other than shuffling of the seating, it's pretty much set. set. You're going to get those six teams. Um, only the Rays and Mariners are yet to clinch. But, you know, from an Orioles perspective, hell of a season. They've got a lot to look forward to in the future. But, but yeah, like you said, Blue Jays clinch with the Orioles' loss. Yankees clinch the East. And Cardinals clinch the Central, which I know we'll talk a little bit about. And yeah, Guardians that, as well. That was the Guardians. What what a run. What an unbelievable run for them winning. I know there was a pace there where I think they won 17 out of 20, pretty much all of those division games versus the Twins and White Sox. And, like, I mean, I, I'll say it right now. If the AL manager of the year is not Terry Frank, like, what are we doing? I mean, what – I don't even know what we're – like, you take a team who had a 7.5% chance to win the division. It's basically Jose Ramirez and rookies – uh, for the most part, and they have answered the bell. No one picked them to do anything, myself included. And not only did they win their division, I feel like they're a formidable threat in the postseason. You know, I don't think they win a World Series, but I could see them causing some disruptions in those early rounds for sure. I mean, it, they got a really good starting core, and, and it always impresses me how those kids just hit. Like, they just hit when they need to. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, I think we talked a little bit about it last week, but I think, I think they clinched like the day after we recorded last week or something. Cause we were talking about how it was, it was going to happen. They were, their magic number was one. So we talked a little bit about it, but they're the fastest team in baseball, youngest team in baseball. They've got a good starting rotation right? and they've got probably the best bullpen in all of baseball, but from a rotation standpoint, Bieber, McKenzie, Quantrill are solid. 
Savali's had some amazing starts since coming off the IL and please acts about to be back who, you know, when you get in the postseason, maybe he can be a come out of the bullpen a little bit. Maybe he can get a start here and there and eat some innings. So they're going to be a tough out and it looks like they're going to be playing Seattle, which is scary because Seattle's played well against the guardians all season. And, you know, everybody wants Seattle to win. It almost feels like they're America's team. So it'll be interesting to see what the line comes out for that wild card game, wild card series, because you know the Mariners uh, are going to have Castillo, Robbie Ray, Logan Gilbert start those three games, which is a pretty tough trio to go against. Plus just those heavy hitters like Julio, Eugenio Suarez, maybe Winker gets it going. Um, Ty Francis had a great season, Cal Raleigh. So it's going to be scary. I think it's going to be close to even odds if I had to guess. Because Progressive is going to be rocking. Cleveland's going to have a good home field. But the Mariners are a solid, solid team with good pitching. So that's going to be really fun to see. But yeah, Guardians clinch. That means the only division up for grabs is the NL East remaining. All other divisions are closed out. Which, and huge series this weekend. I mean, to me, it really is the, the series. That thing to talk about, the thing to watch. Have the Mets traveling to Truist Park playing the Braves in a three-game series this weekend that pretty much will determine the winner of the NL East. And if the Mets somehow sweep that and keep going, uh, they are at least fighting. Um, I guess they're not fighting for the NL home field. It's the Astros and Dodgers duking it out for a home field advantage in the World Series. Um, I believe the magic number on that for LA right now is two games um, to clinch home field advantage through the playoffs, which is massive. I mean, it. they play great in Dodger Stadium. It's an incredible atmosphere. So definitely feel good to have that locked up. I think the Mets also do have the tiebreaker as well, which means it kind of basically an extra game up on the Braves. And the Braves, man, like last night's game, they went to extras against the Nationals and lost when a C.J. Abrams hit. They got like those are games you got to win. It seems like all these teams vying for spots like the Mariners are losing to the Rangers. Uh, the, the, the Mets are going into extra innings against the Marlins. The Braves are losing to the Nationals. The, the Phillies are tanking. Like we said, it's, it seems like all these teams that need to win just can't get any wins. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And I mean, this is crunch time and I think it's a good test for the postseason for those clubs. I mean, Look, postseason is all about win, you know, finish games, close games, win games. This is kind of simulating that pressure. And I think it's maybe a little bit telling of, of who's folding under the pressure. Definitely. Let's. I want to talk about one thing. You know, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Aaron Judge a little bit. Um, you know, obviously last week we talked about how he's he's been struggling a little. I wouldn't say struggling. I mean, the dude is out of this world but in terms of hitting home runs and hitting the 61st home run that everybody's been waiting for it's been a while it's been a while between home runs but yesterday he was able to get the job done in toronto uh ripped one pretty much a line drive right over the left field wall off the wall into the blue jays pen which is notable because nobody got the ball um i guess judge ended up getting the ball and gave it to his mom but Judge tied Roger Maris for the most home runs in a single season by an American League player. Uh, Roger Maris did it in 1961. And 61 years later, Judge hit 61 to tie Roger Maris. 
Um, one thing I think that was cool that I didn't catch until someone pointed out on Twitter was Michael K uh, from K Rodcast, Yankees broadcaster on Yes Network said this could be the, this could be it or something like that, right? He, he said this could be it, which was a nod to the call uh, on Roger Maris's home run where they said the same thing. So that was pretty cool by Michael K. You know, kind of a weird thing that nobody would have caught unless you were really, you know, I I would have never caught that and stuff. Somebody pointed out on Twitter, but pretty cool thing. Super happy for Judge. Um, we'll see, I guess, if he can break it and how high he can go. Yeah, so a couple interesting things to come out of that. And I, I do love when broadcasters get a little cheekier, make a nod like that. I, I think it's kind of awesome, their own little club they have going couple takeaways from the judge home run one um uh, there's at least one guy who will never sleep comfortably and peacefully the rest of his life because of that and that would be the gentleman who was in the front row of the section that the ball was hit to who had the baseball glove with him leaned over i mean pretty full extension of the arm the ball missed his glove but i could not have been more than uh an inch outside of his grasp uh, for what would have been the AO home run record. I mean, I found that he immediately, like they cut to him, he throws the glove. He's like beside himself. That dude's never having a peaceful night's sleep for the rest of his life. Complete scary hours. I remember I had a similar situation in Cincinnati, but nowhere near this scale where you have <laughs> a record ball and say. he was there. No, I mean, so it's like, I know what I felt on that little moment. I cannot imagine being, I mean, literally if he was, you know, an inch taller and had that extra wingspan. He grabs that ball. Who knows? Two million, three million dollars right there. Yeah. Insane ball. The other takeaway, you know, they did this little video of judge with the ball, giving it to his mom. His mom was wearing a fake Yankees Jersey, which I just find hilarious because it's like, wow, like, I mean, one, your son's about to sign a $600 million deal and you know, he's on the team and I'm sure the team would just give you his Jersey out of the shop out of gratitude for birthing. (laughs) the best player they have but it was just so fun to me that it's like yeah whatever my son's a multi-millionaire in the face of this baseball team i'm still i'm not paying 200 bucks for a retail mlb jersey get the hell out of here so pretty funny from a mommy judge there one other thing he walked into the stadium i I don't know if it was that day or the day before wearing a sweatshirt that said new york or nowhere written right on the front which was very interesting to say the least given the pending contract situation, which, you know, was a story prior to the season, a little bit throughout the season. And it's going to be a huge story now that he's has a very, very, very legitimate chance to win the triple crown and is hitting going to hit 63, 64, 65 home runs this year. I thought that was interesting. Very interesting. I, I will say recently I saw a rumor linking him potentially to the Dodgers uh, speaking on behalf of the organization. Don't want him. It's not a knock against him. It's just a contract they'd have to give him. Makes no sense with what they have. No interest in that. So, Andrew Friedman, please steer clear. I know you listen to this show. Please steer clear of giving him that mega deal. Um, But, yeah, we'll see. I mean, and I know I said it multiple times, What just what an unreal bet that Judge did of closing contract talks and give me this year, and now he's going to proceed to break the AL home run record more than likely probably win a triple crown and almost certainly win AL MVP, maybe the greatest bet in sports betting history. Maybe, maybe, 
But um, I think but I, think... I do have a question about no, this, please. Max, for you. Go ahead. So Roger Maris Jr., the son of Roger Maris, has long been on a soapbox that his dad is the reigning home run champion of Major League Baseball. Um, he said that he last night he was back on a soapbox saying that Aaron Judge should be credited as, as the reigning home run leader in the history of baseball's argument, of course, is because when Bonds at 73, uh, when Sosa passed it a couple seasons, when Mark McGuire passed it, all of those guys were juicing. Um, where do you fall on this argument? I mean, how, like, do you consider Judge the all-time record? Do you think he's yelling at clouds? Like, what? what's the opinion? I mean, <laughs> I mean, no, I, I don't think Judge has the record, right? I mean, if if we start putting asterisks, which I think some people like to do on Bonds, on Sosa, on McGuire, it, it just becomes messy, right? We can't put an asterisk on all different types of things. You know, what counts, what doesn't. The the record is 73. Bonds hit 73. And if you go down the list, Bonds hit 73, McGuire 70, Sosa 66, McGuire 65, Sosa 64, Sosa 63, Judge 61. So the only people ahead of him are you know, verified steroid users, which is pretty interesting. And Roger Maris, you know, 1961 was a whole different type of game that was being played. So what Judge is doing is, I think, unbelievable, right? Given the names around him and the situations and circumstances that surrounded those other players. And Judge is just an all-around hitter. I mean, winning the Triple Crown while also hitting 61-plus home runs is unbelievable. Um so, no, I, you know, I, I get what Roger Maris is trying to say. I get the point he's trying to make, but I, I just can't get behind it. I'm not one to say, let's put asterisks here, asterisks here, asterisks here. Um, I, I, I'm just not about that. The game was different in, in those Bonds, Maguire, Sosa eras. Like, you know, a lot of people were using steroids. Let's not, you know, pretend that that wasn't a widespread thing happening across the league. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I mean, look, at the end of the day, until someone hits 74 home runs, it is Barry Bonds' record. You know, and it's a wide enough margin right now that you just can't track it. There's no way to incrementally say, well, because of steroids, this ball flew six feet further. And it's just such a weird slope. I get the argument. It's cheeky. I get it's your dad, so you're going to make that argument. But stupid argument, whatever. I'm glad that you, you line up. Um, with me on that and i think yeah, the, but the other american two... league record's a big thing like right it's well, the two leagues have been separated for a long time there's some interleague play and it'll change a lot next year when every team plays everybody but you know doing it in the american league is a huge accomplishment and setting a record that in, in hitting more home runs than pretty much anybody else has in a single season is a tremendous tremendous accomplishment yeah, Aaron Judge, and, you know, we were both critical of him, you know, and, and didn't think he was all that uh, preseason. I mean, he's answered one of the best seasons that we've seen in a while. I, I pretty Maybe much think that, I think that MVP conversation is over. I've seen it die down a little bit. I think the Shohei guy, but it's like, yeah, there's – if you don't give it to him, like, again, we just get rid of the award. Like, what what are we doing here anymore? Um, it's over. There's no question about it. It's over. Judge is the MVP. And I think the and if he gets that triple crown and doesn't get it, then it's like actually, what are we doing? I think every <laughs> batting triple crown winner has won an MVP. I think Miguel Cabrera um, was the last yep. one, and before that, you got to go back like thirty years to a triple crown winner. Um, and that's in the American League. National League, you have to go back to nineteen thirty-seven. I think it was Joe Medwick of the Cardinals was the last one to win it, and Goldie 
doesn't look like he's going to do it um, this year. He had a chance for a while, but yeah, he's not going to catch Freddie and BA. I can tell you that much. Um, I will say a couple other things to take care of before we move into the big segment. Huge news last night for them. Not huge, but pretty fun thing with the Dodgers crazy run. It's easy for fans to forget to celebrate, stop and smell the flowers. Incredible flowers to smell last night as the Los Angeles Dodgers broke, set a new record for wins in a season at 107 wins coming on a 10th inning go-ahead run in San Diego, which was even incredible. Their scrum at BLA just to get smacked across the mouth, be behind 20 games in the division and watch your rival set an all-time win record, you know, beat that. Absolutely love it. I don't think they're going to stop. I think they're going to at least hit the 110 win mark on the season, which would be pretty cool. I don't think they take that Mariners record. Um, But it's been an unbelievable season, unfortunately, for the Dodgers. If you don't win a World Series, it's mostly for not in the eyes of everyone. And I get that perspective, but it's also like take a second to just enjoy the incredible run, winning the division and setting a franchise win record. which they tied last year. I mean, it's been an incredible three-year stretch for the Dodgers. Um, also, your big bet uh, hit. Obviously, the Dodgers crossed 100 wins. That was one of the easier bets um, ever. Vegas really screwed that up, but really exciting stuff. So so happy to see them do that. Um, they also tied San Francisco's all-time franchise win record. So with one more in the coming week, uh, they will have a higher franchise win record than San Francisco. Not like I'm keeping track of that. It's amazing that last year the Giants won 107, won 107 games. Just comparing them to that team this year. I mean, obviously the team's a little different, but I mean, kind of Buster Posey's gone. But I mean, what in the world was that last year compared to what they have done this year? And I think as of yesterday, they're officially limited eliminated from yes, playoff contention. I mean, I mean, they were out a while ago. They were like nine and a half, eight and a half games back. Um, but yeah, I mean, tremendous. I think that, that over a hundred wins, uh, bet that I had was, I mean, I was never worried about that. You know, I, I, when we did that, I looked back at the prior seasons and how many a hundred win teams there are each year. And it was just kind of obvious that this team had the best chance and, you know, who knows what's going to happen. I'm looking at the standings right now or the record. So they're 107 and 48 which puts them at 155 games, leaving them seven left. So if they won out, they'd get to 114. Um, You got to imagine they win three of those last seven, get to 110. Uh, So, yeah, I mean, tremendous, tremendous stuff. And, you know, if you have anything else to say, I'll throw it back to you. But I want to talk about the Cardinals, too, winning the division. Yeah, no, I mean, nothing else there. But, yeah, let's get into it. The Cardinals doing big things. Yeah, so before we get to the rankings and the awards, which I'm super excited to do, um, you know, we have to talk about the Cardinals clinching the NL Central for the 11th time since 2010, which is quite a lot. Um, Now that I say that, I saw that stat today. Maybe that was, maybe it's since 2000. Uh, anyway, say, um, there's no way that's right. Yeah, that's, that's it was must have been since 2000. But the graphic I saw said 2010, regardless. With a six to two win over the Brewers um, on Tuesday in Milwaukee. Uh, actually, yeah, on Tuesday, the Cardinals win the NL Central. 
Uh, it was very sweet to do it against the Brewers, who everybody had winning it. You had them winning it. Um, they were the favorites before the season. It was a long time coming, but just to get it done, Michaelis, you know, probably the ace of the year, especially early on, had an incredible outing. Six innings pitched, nine Ks, one walk, one run. Kisner goes backside with a home run. Goldie, two for four. I mean, it's just been an incredible season. And watching Albert's speech, you know, in the locker room before they celebrated was awesome. Um, And I, I just loved that, you know, Albert reiterated, like, this is great and let's celebrate right now. But this is just one step. You know, we want to win the championship. That's our goal. Um, it was just awesome. It was awesome to see. It was a long time coming. We knew it was going to happen uh, after the Cardinals had a tremendous post all-star break run. But it's huge, huge clinching the NL Central. So yeah, and, had to shout and- it out, of course. I think people can get so carried away in this championship or bust mentality and kind of forget just like how awesome it is that Yachty, Wayno, and Albert came back for one more run at back season and got to win the division. Like, that's great. Uh, Of course, it's not the full show. It's not the whole dance. But it's like that is something. Winning your division is something. It means something. Um, So really happy that that trio got to celebrate that, you know, together and, and hit that milestone one more time. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like I said before, that leaves one division up for grabs, the NL East, Mets or Braves, everything else is locked up. But let's jump in to what do you want to do first? Power rankings or awards? Let's do awards first. So September awards. So this isn't, you know, our official season awards, which I think we might do next week um, as we're going to put the episode out the day before the playoffs start and we'll, you know, do a huge wrap up episode of the season. Um, but September awards, how about we start player of the months? Let's just do AL. Um, I, I think we'll be on the same page here. I think the clear pick is Aaron judge. I mean, he's going to be the MVP. I'm sure we'll both pick him. Like we said next week for the, uh, season MVP, but he has to be the September player of the month. 415 batting average and 878 slugging OPS over 1.4. Obviously he hits a ton of home runs. Um, He's just had an unbelievable season, 10 home runs in the month of September 61 on the season. He's the MVP. He's a clear, clear pick for September player of the month. Yeah, Max, I'm, I'm in lockstep with you. I mean, no doubt here, there's no one you can look at better. Aaron Judge has pretty much been player of the month or had a case for it every month. That stacks up well for an MVP candidacy. I mean, you, you mentioned the stats, just unbelievable video game type numbers, you know, 10 home runs in September for 17 RBIs. Just what a performance in September. Um, so, yeah, that is the player of the month. No question there on the American League side. I'll throw it to you for NL. Uh, you kick off the NL player of the month. This one may be a little bit of a controversial pick, but I don't care. My pick, September Player of the Month, the guy who has made more people turn his television on to watch baseball than anyone else, Albert fucking Pujols. He deserves it. I don't I don't care about the stats, the advanced metrics. At the end of the day, he stepped up. He crushed it. He got it done in September and crossed home run number 700. You know, to me, that's where... Uh, that's where it's at. Like I get there's players that are better, better statistical months, but like he was the guy eyes on the television had to watch 
you know, hit the homers when he needed to one more time to celebrate Albert. That's, that's my uh, September player. No question. I love the pick. I mean, you got to respect the historic, historic shot. It's funny. You went a Cardinal player. I went a Dodger player here. Um, I went Freddie Freeman, uh, you know, highest batting average in the league, but he had a tremendous September. These are always hard for me to come up with. You know, a lot of them I just kind of know from watching games. I know who's been playing well. I know who the candidates are. But some of these I just got to, like, go through players and see who's really had a great month. But Freddie Freeman, I feel like at this point, you know, the Dodgers have clinched forever now, so it's been kind of quiet. But 338 average, an OPS just under one. Um, Really, he's put together an amazing season. 21 walks in the month of September compared to only 13 strikeouts. Um, an on-base percentage at 470. Freddie Freeman is, I know you have your, you know, unfounded issues about him, but he's had a tremendous season and a tremendous month of September. So he's my player of the month. Yeah, honestly, this could not have worked out better for me. I was between Freddie Freeman, Justin Turner, who has sneaky put together an incredible September, uh, and Albert Pujols. So I'm happy I, w- I went with Albert and you kind of, filled in and pick that, you know, as far as Freddie and I's personal issue is concerned, I did touch on this about a month ago. Our relationship is getting a little bit better. It's helped me see that he's friends with Mookie Betts and anyone who is friends with Mookie Betts is friends with me. That's a fact. Um, you know, you say unfounded. I, I would push back on that because for a while he was presenting as if he didn't want to be a LA Dodger, but I think the proof's in the pudding the first time in his career he's been on a 100-win team, which is insane to imagine that that's the case. Uh, he's playing incredible baseball. I'm all in. I'm back in on the Freddie show. Uh, pretty excited for the playoff run. And I think once he starts to see playoff baseball in Los Angeles, he may never think about Atlanta again. That's a real possibility. Um, but outside of that, I like to pick. Great month um, from him as well. I'll kick us off with the pitchers. Um, I think this will be interesting. Uh, You know, I thought one of these was pretty easy, but, you know, again, with these, it's sometimes hard with pitchers specifically to figure out who had a great month. Um, But for National League, I'm going Yu Darvish. Um, So he, he won player of the week at one point in September, but he really, really had a great, month of September he went 5 and 0 with a 1.36 ERA. No other month this year did he go under 2. So to go 1.36 is pretty big. 33 innings pitched. Um 38 strikeouts compared to only 7 walks and a whip at 0.67. So really really good month from you Darvish and that rotation to have him playing at that level going into the postseason will be huge to give them a chance to beat the uh Mets or Braves which is unlikely as I see you shaking your head but you know having him in the rotation playing this well is great yeah I mean look I'm right there with you you Darvish was my pick you mentioned the numbers the two big things that that solidified it and jumped off the page going five and oh with five quality starts that's always gonna like that is if you can get that out of your pitch that's what you're looking for but you mentioned this is this jumped off the freaking page for me, a 0.67 whip. Again, that's walks yeah. and hits per inning. That means he's allowing, you know, 0.67 base runners per inning, which is ridiculous. I would say anything sub one, like a point 
9.5 is like a pretty good whip. So this is like crazier than video game stats. Uh, really put together a great year and, I, and I'm happy or a great season, not a great or not a great season or year, a great September. Woof. Thank you. <laughs> it was tough to get there. Um, I'm happy. You Darvish, great guy, obviously was the victim of racial insults from Yuli Gurriel, which went borderline unpunished from <laughs> the league. Let's not forget that he was a victim from that. Um, <laughs> but he's a really awesome guy. Happy to see him pitch this well. You know, I did shake my head when you said, I agree with you that him pitching like this helps the Padres. Of course it does. I mean, anyone. I never said like they that, would beat the NL East team. I think the Padres are as effective in playoff baseball as a screen door is as a fucking boat. I mean, they're just useless. <laughs> I don't think anything comes out of this. It's it's more or less you might as well just give their matchup a bye week. Like if we're being realistic, just give them a bye and move them on. No reason to make fans watch that. Like there's got to be some some other programming that's more worthwhile. But maybe they'll make a run. Maybe they'll make me eat my words. And if they do, it will be largely in part to my NL Pitcher of the Month, your NL Pitcher of the Month, you Darvish. So we've agreed on two. We've agreed on AL Player of the Month and NL Pitcher of the Month. Give me your AL Pitcher of September. We could be in agreement here, but there were a couple other options. And I'm going with actually your AL Cy Young pitch. That's Dylan Cease. Uh, he put up a 1.13 ERA, which is just incredible. Um, in that span, he had four quality starts. He went 32 innings pitched for 32 Ks, so averaging a K per inning. Not bad. 0.94 whip. Again, I would normally consider that pretty good, but reading you Darvish's, it's like, oh, this guy's getting smacked all around. Um, you know, great performance from him. Wasn't enough to get the White Sox in the playoffs, even though they were favored at minus 220 to start the season. Uh, but he his post-All-Star break, I think he's been the best pitcher in either league post-All-Star break. Just unbelievable back half of the year from Dylan C's. So I've got to correct you once. He wasn't my AL Cy Young pick. Justin Verlander was. However, Dylan Cease was somebody I said was my sleeper pick. So I'm kind of just giving myself more credit because I said Verlander would win it and Cease was my sleeper pick. And they're clearly the one and two in the finishing. So shout out to me for that pick. Um, Cease was, it was not my pick, but I was looking at Cease and the guy I'm going to pick back and forth going on their stats, and they were so close, and I couldn't – I just – there were so few stats that gave this guy over the edge over Cease, and nothing to take away from Cease. I just wanted to pick this guy because I watched a game of his um, the other day and scored it, and he was unbelievable, and that's Alec Manoa of the Toronto Blue Jays. Um, just an unbelievable talent, really. He's 24 years old, and – over his career has has put together unbelievable numbers if you look at it in its entirety. And in September, he was been locked down in a clutch time for this team as they're right in that wild card race and have now, as we said, obviously clinched a playoff spot, but in, in tremendous season. And the numbers are very similar to what you said. He has a 1.03 ERA, um, a 0.89 whip 29 strikeouts to 10 walks only gave up four earned runs on the month so very very similar to numbers to cease but i i leaned alec manoa i love his energy and i think he's a really really good pitcher 
Yeah, I, I love the pick, and, and I think he is the best pitcher on a very loaded Toronto staff. He is a bona fide ace, and he's got, he has the personality to be one of the faces. I almost kind of see him as maybe the next Max Scherzer, not necessarily in pitch mm. style, but kind of that intensity, that passion, while also being one of the better pitchers in the league. I, you know, I think he already deserves to be a household name, uh, but for baseball casuals, maybe he's not up there, but his time is certainly coming. Uh, there, Toronto, incredible draft pick out of Texas A&M, I believe. Maybe Mississippi and, State. SEC, and one thing, know. too, like, if you think about the playoffs, the Blue Jays, as of now, would play the Rays, three-game series, wild-card round in Toronto. If they win that, they would play Houston. That Astros-Blue Jays series would be very, very good and very fun to watch. So that's something I'm looking forward to. But um, how about we go to rookies, James? I'll kick us off um, – for this one. How about AL? Um, I'm going with my guy, Stephen Kwan. He won AL player of the month in April, the first month of the year. And I'm going to give him AL player of the month in the last month of the year, batting leadoff for the guards for the majority of the latter half of this season. Um, since Miles Straw was kind of slumping from the plate, but what a player this kid is. I mean, 330 average, 860. OPS in the month of September. He's one of the very few players that has more walks than strikeouts this year. Um, in, in, you know, in the month of September, 13 walks, eight strikeouts, an on-base percentage at 405, slugging at 455. And remember, I mean, he's a rookie. So this is his first year in the league. I think he's going to be a tremendous player for the Guardians in the future. Great in that leadoff spot because he's able to draw so many walks and steal so many bases. I love Stephen Kwan, and to me, he's got to be the rookie of the month in a loaded AL rookie class. Yeah, you know, Max, there's a ton of great options for this AL rookie. Really, rookie of the year race is interesting. Rookie of the month race is interesting. Obviously, Julio Adley, who's locked down the last couple months from out. But I'm right here with you. You know, September was all about Stephen Kwan. A couple of things that jumped off the page. Uh, in addition to his 330 batting average in that leadoff spot, he drew 13 walks, also seven stolen bases. You know, you realize for a month that is that's a lot of stolen bases. You extrapolate yeah. that over a full season, you're talking about a 35 plus um, stolen base number. So just been instrumental in the final thing that pushed me over the edge here. Wasn't much convincing needed, but the fact that he contributed to the Guardians winning when they needed to and a huge part of that team making the playoffs as a rookie, which is remarkable. Again, you know, he's finishing the year about as hot as he started the year. Uh, just incredible stuff. Stephen Kwan uh, seems like a name that we're going to be talking about for the next decade. And I like that point. You know, he had three home runs going into the month of September and then three home runs in September. Um, he's not He's not a power guy and he's not ever going to be a power hitter. But it's nice to see him hitting the ball out of the bar park, ballpark a little bit. But yeah, like you said, I mean, this is gonna a guy that I think is going to be a career 300 hitter, 30 stolen bases. I mean, he's he's got everything lined up to be really, really solid piece of this Guardians team going in the and, future. And just on that note, I think it's easy to get caught up in like the Aaron Judge and how fun and sexy home runs are. I mean, you need your contact guys, especially in that leadoff spot, to have the combination of uh, of contact hitting and speed to really be productive. I mean, that's as foundational to a lineup as, you know, home run power. It really is. So, so he does terrific in that role for the Guardians. Nobody has a better K rate than he does, as in, like, like he's in the lowest K rate in all of baseball. He never strikes out. Um, 
Give me your NL play or NL rookie. NL rookie, there wasn't even a question here. This is a pretty easy one. And it's actually a guy who I think for me, we'll talk about it maybe in the power rankings. He himself moves the needle a little bit for me on how I view a whole team. And that is Michael Harris, yep. center fielder for the Atlanta Braves. He's had a really great season, played his way into that mega extension. I, I mean, he got a mega extension only 50 games in. He's already <laughs> starting to back that up. Um, in the month of September, 327 average, uh, a 928 OPS, so just below one. Six homers, for nine, good for 19 ribbies, uh, and four stolen bags. So, again, you know, great, great, great defensive center fielder as well. Um, I think when he comes in at the bottom half of that Braves, I mean, it's just a ridiculous hitter. That And that's why I think it does move the needle on the Braves because I'm looking at a thing like the Mets versus the Braves. They just have that depth. When you're bringing in Michael Harris around the 6-7 the hole, it is, this guy's been great. Great September, making a strong campaign for NL Rookie of the Year. And I think he'll get it. Uh, great offensive numbers and also great defensive numbers as well. Um, 94 percentile in sprint speed. Great numbers for outs above average. The one thing, you know, and remember, like you said, he's a rookie. He's putting up amazing offensive numbers. Will win the National League uh, Rookie of the Year. Um, if, he's, if there's any critique on him, it's that he strikes out a lot and he doesn't walk a lot. He's got a very high whiff rate. Um, but again, he's a rookie. That's something that you can fix and can learn how to better judge balls in the major leagues. So super high ceiling for this guy. And it's pretty amazing the way the Braves have been able to maneuver this. Um, losing Freddie Freeman, but gaining Matt Olson, getting Acuna back, and then having Strider and Michael Harris kind of seemingly come out of nowhere to a, a defending World Series champion. And um, the Braves are the Braves are going to be a scary team in the next couple weeks as we enter the postseason. Do you think the Braves, as we sit today, are worse, as good, or better than they were last year? Hmm. I want to say better. I think. Um, I, I I think they just have a better roster. I think Austin Riley. He was great last year, but he's having an even better season this year. They've got Acuna back. They've got Michael Harris, who I think is an improvement in their center field spot. Um, and Matt Olson has been tremendous, a good replacement for Freddie Freeman. And I think their rotation is a little bit better. Max Fried is a year older. Spencer Strider has been out of this world this year, uh, let alone the fact he's a rookie. So I think their rotation got bolstered a little bit. And I'll, I think they brought in Oda Rizzi, too, at the deadline, which was big. So I think they're a little bit better, and I think their record says the same. I think they only won 86 games last year. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think they are a better team, um, which is really hard to do when you move on from Freddie Freeman, who, again, is leading the all of MLB in average this season, putting together a monster season, more doubles than he's ever had, almost more hits than he's ever had. Um, and somehow they that got being... better out of that. So that that's great GM work. I mean, that's just great. You go, okay, you got to go pivot, no question. And you look at the way they've set up these contracts, incredible deals they've signed to manage cap, and they're going to be good the next decade. They really are. They're going to be a perennially on the power rankings for the next decade. And losing Ozzy Albies for most of the season and Vaughn Grissom having a tremendous campaign. Um, but, but yeah, you know, the Braves are better, but I will say the Dodgers are better. The Mets are better. The Cardinals are better than they were last year. So I think the National League as a whole is going to be better. Not to say that the Braves had it easy last year by any stretch of the imagination. But 
I think the NL at the top, those four teams, it's going to be very, very competitive when we get into the NLDS with Mets, Dodgers, Braves, and Cardinals. Could Definitely can go anyway um, in the postseason with those teams. Max, you never gave us a pick for your National League Rookie of the Year. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I'm with you. Michael Harris is my pick for play, uh, Rookie of the Month. Um, so we're in agreement on a lot. Agreement on Quan, Harris, Judge, um, and our, what was that? And you, Darvish. Yep, yep. So good picks. Um, James, let's go to power rankings. So for the last power rankings of the year, so this is essentially like the power rankings going into the postseason, we're going to do our top 10 teams in baseball. Um, Now, James, do you want to do like maybe 10 through six and then I do 10 through six, then you do five through one or something like that? Or do you? Yeah, I was kind of I was kind of thinking that let's let's do uh, 10 through six first. Cool. Count us down 10 through six. All right, I'm going to go right right in order and try not to really provide justifications. We can talk about it with the whole whole picture one once it's all laid out. My 10 my 10 team team I'm super high on Seattle Mariners and the 9 spot the Tampa Bay Rays perennially right around there good enough to always make noise. Number 8 the Cleveland Guardians. Um for me number 7 right above the Guardians and this was kind of a tough decision but I have the Toronto Blue Jays. I just think a little bit more high-powered offense can make noise. And then up to sixth spot, your St. Louis Cardinals. Well, we are almost exactly the same. Um, that tough decision you were talking about, I flipped it the other way. So I've got Mariners, Rays, Blue Jays, eight, Guardians, seven, Cardinals, six. Um, yeah, you know, I think we're probably on board with that. Uh, I, I think we're going to be uh, pretty close to on board with the top five as well. But I think that just makes sense. I think the Mariners, Rays, and Blue Jays are close. But, you know, you got to look at the records now. That's the sample size we've got. And the Blue Jays, Rays, Mariners, that's the order we have. So, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty much so, in full agreement. So I'm interesting that we had that same kind of critical decision. From your perspective, I know I picked Toronto because I think the offense can – can ramp up and be a little more high powered when needed. What gave the guardians the edge for you? That's a good question. Um, at the end of the day, I, I think they have a better rotation. Um, and Gossman struggled a little bit. Manoa, like I, you know, was just talking about is great. But after that, you know, they've got Barrios who had, had a down year. Kikuchi who was not very good. Um, and comparing that to the Guardians, I think they have a better rotation. They've got a tremendous bullpen. And I think the Guardians are going to be a tougher out. Um, you know, I, if you look down the Blue Jays lineup, there's a lot of strikeout guys like Matt Chapman. Um, and they rely on the home run ball a lot. And I just gave the Guardians the edge because they won the division. You know, I don't want to hear any of the excuses that the division's tough, whatever. Um, it's a huge deal to win the division. And so, you know, it's close. It's very close. I think Guardians, Blue Jays, Rays, Mariners, there's a small margin of error between all those teams. So I don't know. I had to give the Guardians the edge. How could I not? Yeah, and I, and I think that whole 6 through 10, it really it's kind of the same. The margin at 1 from 5 is super slim, but the margin 6 to 10, it's like millimeters. Um, any of these teams could be any of the teams, in my belief. Max, let's hear your uh, 5 to 1. Yeah, so five through one, um, I think we're going to be pretty similar here. I mean, we're going to have the same five teams, that's for sure. But five, I went the New York Yankees. 
at five, four Braves, three Mets, two the Houston Astros, and one. It's got to be the 107 win Los Angeles Dodgers. So five Yankees, Braves, three Mets, Astros, number one, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, we, so, of course, we have the same teams. And, again, we just made one little flip um, on a critical decision for me. Total agreement with you, New York Yankees, fifth best team in baseball. At the four spot, I have the New York Mets. Uh, and at the three spot, I have the Braves. The reason I made that decision was I think that obviously the Mets have a little bit better, well, a lot better starting rotation. Uh, but I think the Braves' depth and lineup is significantly deeper and gives them the ability to produce offense when needed. That's why I had to give the Braves edge there. Again, I talk about Michael Harris. Guys like that are what shifted my opinion. Dansby Swanson in the nine-hole playing ridiculously all season. Um, and then in the two spot, Houston Astros, again, number one, like it's not even a homer pick. I think they very clearly are. Look, it's one of the better franchises in baseball, one of the best teams over the decade, and they're having their best year over the decade. I don't know how you don't pick the Dodgers there. Yeah, I'm totally with you. So it sounds like we're pretty much in agreement. And I, I really don't think there'd be much debate you know, among the baseball community in general over those 10 teams being in it, you know, on the outside looking in, it's really like the Padres, Brewers, Phillies. Um, and, and I wouldn't give any of those teams the nod over the Mariners. So I think those are clearly the 10 best teams um, as we go into October here. Yeah. I'm interested how closely we lined up having really only two separate decisions being one away. Um, so, I mean, I feel like that is a pretty fair sample. Those are your best 10 teams. Hopefully, fingers crossed, for me, this plays out. Um, I've said this multiple times, but the thing that I need to finally be able to have a peaceful life is I need the Dodgers to beat the Astros on a World Series. If not now, then when? We just need to get that under the belt. That's going to be the sweetest victory in mankind. I like it. I like it. I like wrapping up the month of September. And as we look into the playoffs, um, you know, that kind of closes out our monthly power rankings or monthly awards for the whole year. Um, something we did for every month this year. And it's funny thinking about those power rankings. I mean, for the most part, the teams have pretty much stayed the same. I think there have maybe been seven teams in total that have cracked our top five in the season. You know, Yankees, Mets, Braves. Uh, I think I had the Cardinals in there once, Astros, Dodgers. I maybe had Toronto in there at one point. I think those are the seven teams I could think of. I don't think I included anybody else. I know I also had, believe it or not, the Padres in there one month. Um, so I think that would be the only other addition. But yeah, very excited. Next episode, we will do our actual award voting or um, really playoff preview. Um, but that's kind of the power rankings. And yeah, same five teams. We've really been shuffling the whole year. Um, pretty exciting stuff. You know, we're here. It's crazy to believe we're really doing the last power rankings, if you will, before getting into the playoffs. Been quite the journey um, to get here all the way up before the lockdown or lockout, not lockdown. Um, that's very exciting. With that, I think we should kind of keep moving through our staples. And I don't know if you want to talk about the lock of the week. Um which I'll just come right out and say it. I'm pretty broken up that I lost my lock of the week 
um, this week only because I had Aaron Judge hitting number 61 in Toronto on Tuesday night, and he did it Wednesday night. Um, pretty painful stuff there. I knew it was going to happen in Toronto, no question. So he got it done. I'm back in the losers category. Yeah, I I, I won mine. I, I When I was preparing for this episode, I remembered what it was, but I'm forgetting what it is now. But I know I won. Um, regardless, for this week, you know, we talked about the series that we've all got our eye on, the Mets Braves. And, you know, we can kind of combine segments here. It's Sunday Night Baseball, too. Um, but I, I've got to put my wager on this series because I know these teams are going to be playing their hardest and we're going to see some good baseball. And not only is it a matchup for the NL East, but it's like a playoff series. I mean, they've gotten their star starters pitching. Game one tomorrow is Jacob deGrom versus Max Freed, which, I mean, there's those are the aces right there. And then Scherzer versus Kyle Wright, who has more wins than anybody in the National League. And then Sunday on Sunday Night Baseball, Chris Bass versus Charlie Morton. So what a playoff matchup it's going to be. And I've got the Braves winning the series at home. Um, I, I know those pitchers are amazing, but I love, Truist Park is going to be loaded. And the home atmosphere is going to be playoff ready. I think, the, I think the Braves win game one and game three. Um, but I don't really care which games they win. They're, I think they're going to win the series. I'm very excited, Max. Um this actually is going to be our last lock of the week for the regular season. We've gone this full time and I'm right there with you. It has to be this series. This is the only series where you could guarantee full effort, real baseball. No, nothing weird. Just no, like you said, it's really a playoff indicator. Both teams, everything on the line must win games. The reason I'm excited, this is the first time in the history of the lock of the week. We saved it for the last time. This was not planned. We are at odds with each other. I have the Mets taking it down on the road. I believe game one, game two, the starting pitching gets it done. I don't think the Braves gets hit. I just love that. It is the first time our lock of the week graphic. Two locks, the exact opposite bet. Only one of us will win. I'm surprised it took this long for us to get here. But, I mean, I can't think of a better way to end the lock of the week, you know, a, a sort of championship, um, if you will, on the lock of the week. Yeah, we're at odds, but I mean, it's going to be a fun series. I, I've i been going back and forth about it a lot, but I guess, James, let's just go into Sunday Night Baseball. I, I mentioned it. It's Charlie Morton versus Chris Bassett. Um, I, I'm going Braves. I think you might be going Mets, or unless you think it's going to go DeGrom wins, Scherzer wins, and then Braves steal one. It's tough because that is, that is the way that I feel it's going to go. Um, but I also like Chris Bassett in this matchup, and I feel like I would be pretty hard-pressed to – I mean, if I could predict that and pick them to win the series and pick the one game they dropped, that would be pretty incredible. I just don't know if I have the guts for that. You know, I'm I'm laying it on the line. I'm going to lay it on the line. Braves win that game. Mets wow. win the series. Braves win Sunday night. I'm putting it all on the line. Um, even though I like the matchup for Bassett, I think maybe he his pitch count runs up and uh, the Mets get to it later. So, uh, or the sorry, the Braves get uh, into the Mets bullpen a little bit. So, 
we'll see. Kind of a crazy prediction now. I've really bottled myself into exactly what has <laughs> to happen here. Um, but I like that. We thrive off pressure. We live off that. Um, and Max, that should make you just incredibly nervous that I'm confidently picking the Braves to win Sunday night and still believe the Mets win the series. So digest that for a bit. It does make me a little nervous. I'm, I'm, I'm going to admit it. Um, but, you which, know, a fun which... final weekend series. I'm glad we have at least, you know, a very meaningful series to watch. And look, I think I I want to be fair here. We always rag on MLB for their terrible Sunday night matchups. Yeah. They had the opportunity to pull an MLB move and show a different game, and they didn't. This being really the only game on Sunday that will matter in any way you look at it. Um, so pretty awesome. They're very excited for the Sunday matchup, and we'll see what happens. One other thing I just want to touch on because we completely breezed by it, and I'm going to say that this was purposeful from you. Uh, but speaking about cherry-picking series and getting them to fall exactly what you, how you want, um, we recorded last episode in the middle of the Cardinals-Dodgers series. The end result of that was, again, second time this year, the Dodgers won the series. And the cherry picking was that you had Albert hit 700 Friday night in the shelling. That was perfect. Game was all St. Louis, exactly how I would have wanted it to go. Still get the series done. Just had to make note, Max, again, 2-0 and in series against the Cardinals. No big deal. Yeah, whatever. You know, that first series, the Cardinals were robbed. Uh, it, it does not worry me at all for the NLCS matchup that we're going to see. Well, it's hard to beat a team three series in a row, so maybe it actually looks looks a little better for St. Louis. Again, I'm not super excited to face them, um, but either way you slice it, by the time you get down to the DS and the National League, you're, I mean, it's, it's a great team. No matter who you're playing, it's a great team. It's going to be hard baseball. It's very excited about that, very excited to close this out. And the next time we record, we will properly close the regular season and look ahead at the postseason. The dance is happening. The march is happening. Both our teams won their divisions as expected. Now it's time to see who can come out with the crown. There we go. Episode 63. Thank you guys for listening. Episode 64 will be very, very exciting. Uh, talk to you guys next week.